0: guys we are back again with some interesting pickups after all that time spent with superman um it's been nice to fully stretch out and sort of have an amount of time to appreciate other stuff that isn't superman (laughs) um and to discover something new and um you'll you'll find that um episodes this year are going to be a little bit sporadic um we might not be keeping to the uh bi-weekly Um, as advertised on our website and everywhere else. But um, that is because I happen to be getting married. (laughs) So um, I've got a wedding to organize and everything else. Um, And obviously that's going to cut into my podcasting time. Um, And yeah, it's just one of those things. So, I mean, this year, if we're a bit sporadic, that's why. So I'm getting married. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be great fun. Um so yeah, I mean we're back again um it's nice to have some other comics that isn't Superman, right Leon? Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean we stayed completely away from Kryptonians. Yeah, it's a, so it's, a, a, it's, a it's a Krypton-free zone. Fresh, fresh
0: no dogs wearing capes, no horses <laughs> wearing capes. Zero people Zero. wearing capes.
1: No, yeah, no blue yeah, or red tape. Freezing. No,
0: Um, which is great because we've got super to talk about later. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to sort of like stretch out and just get into some getting get back into like discovering things again and and reading different comics again. And after like having that huge blowout with that big Superman omnibus and reading that massive chunk, so. Yeah, here we are. So uh, we've got some interesting stuff to discuss today. First of all, I just wanted to bring up a few things that I've been doing, like reading in the meantime, that um, I hope to give air and airspace to and time to later on in future episodes. So um, first of all, I wanted to bring up that um, this was actually I was actually meant to talk about that on this on this episode, but I decided that it needs its own episode. And I thought I'm not going to. Like, I'm, I'm gonna give it the time it deserves because it's, it's a, a meaty, beefy sort of series. And uh, as part of what I said previously this year about wanting to spotlight more horror manga by other creators outside of Junji Ito to show you that there is a world beyond Junji Ito for horror manga, um, I wanted to pick up some Kazuo Umezo books. Uh, Kazuo Umezo is like the granddaddy of horror manga basically he's like um one of the earliest and um he's the he's one of the most famous manga authors actually that ever ever lived um and he is a key player in the development of the horror genre in manga throughout um sort of like time basically (laughs) throughout the decades um his work is actually a key influence for Junji Ito. Um, Junji Ito's older sisters would read magazines that contained Omezu's work. And so he would end up reading them too. And that's kind of like where his first brush with horror was. And that kind of made him the man he is today, I guess. And that's why we get all these wonderful stories from Junji Ito is because of this guy, Kazuo Omezu. Well, anyway, um, Junjito's first manga was a manga called Mummy Teacher, which was by Kazuo Amazo. And what I read, the, the Kazuo Amazo book that I've read, um, that I wanted to give, I'm gonna, we're going to give it its own episode, but I just wanted to mention it up top here, is uh, it's a post-apocalyptic future survival thing called The Drifting Classroom. And it was published between 1972 and 1974. And it's this school, basically it's like an elementary school, And all the kids, so primary school, elementary school, all the kids, all the teachers, all the staff are mysteriously transported through time um, to a post-apocalyptic future where everything is just basically been reduced to ash and dust. Like, we don't know why it's like that. Was it global warming? Was it nuclear holocaust? Um, But they have to survive and hold on to hope in this desolate wasteland um and we're talking about like 10 year old kids and uh teachers and uh from there it just gets truly disturbing and horrifying because um it's about the lengths that people will go to to survive and you know the descent into madness and violence which happens among the adults first um and how that is dealt with and how the kids deal with it and how they manage to kind of like forge a future and and carry on with what they're doing and, and live in this world and it's it's a great great story um i have finished volume 1 of 3 i've got the um, the perfect editions so the drifting classroom perfect editions is like three omnibus size um books that viz published hardbacks um and they're about like uh, roughly 800 pages each um and they're really nice additions as well. So I've been working my way through those and hopefully we're going to bring that to you in its own series at some point because um, it's great. And I think I sent you a message, didn't I, Leon? I sent you guys, you and a couple of guys in one of our group chats, I sent you a message of a drawing from the book, like a double page spread of a building. Yeah. It's like, I love me yeah. some RSI and this book is full of RSI. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um,
1: Like the supreme, uh, highly
0: detailed. Um, So I just wanted to bring that up. The other thing I wanted to bring up, which is something I stumbled across uh, on my travels throughout the internet. Um, And this sounded super interesting. And I think you're really interested in this as well, aren't you, Leon? So I hope you get to read it as well. Um, This is Spa by um, Eric Svetov. Um, And uh, this is a... This is his debut. and uh, this is a biting critique of consumer society and the wellness industry. And um, apparently there's a lot of David Lynch and Lars von Trier in there. Um,
1: yes, this is the one that had that uh, crazy blur. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: also, they name-drop Junjito in there because it's black-and-white horror comic, and that seems to be... It, it, the, Junjiito and horror are synonymous right at at the moment so um but somewhere in uh, so the blurb for this goes that somewhere in northern europe a five-star spa and conference hotel caters to anyone who can afford it but at every turn where luxuriance should reign things are amiss a demanding vip client disappears without a trace a business seminar is cut short a young official gets lost looking for his room a socially outcast masseuse struggles to find acceptance. Two lovers struggle to escape the horror of everyday life, um, which includes horrific apparitions routinely haunting them. An egocentric manager doubts himself. Abused employees accept their sad fate. Curious inspectors come to settle their accounts. Meanwhile, mysterious moisture damage is spreading amidst the extravagant decor. Black and viscous liquid slowly flows in the labyrinthine alleys of the resort and trickles down the walls. Hot and humid, the dampness is suffocating, mold sets in, and with it, skin diseases, hallucinations, ghosts, malevolent spirits, hybrid creatures, and other monsters, both dead and alive. Spa is a horrific graphic novel debut marked by grotesque and whimsical humor. So, um, it's a bit of the old weird. Uh, and it's (laughs) public, yeah, it's published by, um, Fantagraphics and it's been translated by Melissa Bowers. So you can, you can pick that up now. Um, I had to get mine. I mean, you can pick it up digitally everywhere. It's available quite, quite easily and quite readily digitally. Um, I got a hard copy of it, but I had to get mine via a website called The Wordery, um, which I use often for books. Then they're really good. Um, So that's a good alternative to Amazon, actually, because I've used them a few times now for stuff. um, And they're quite good, quite prompt delivery. So, yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, or th- otherwise, I mean, like, as always, check your LCS, because if they've got it, then get it from there. Um, Yeah. So I guess that brings us on today's books. Leon, unless you got anything you want to mention up top, anything you've been watching or doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
1: weird because of the cadence of our release schedule. So the things which happened ages ago that we haven't really had a chance to talk about on the show. But uh, not really, I, I guess I'll, I'll cover it as we, as we speak about some of the yeah, things that we're going to yeah. talk about. Um,
0: the other thing I want to mention up top is I went to a, uh, I felt truly old. Um, I went to a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater tribute band. Yeah, so there's really? this tribute band called The 900. Um, you may have seen a viral video of them performing on stage with Tony Hawk. Um, he gets up and sings Superman with them at a London show. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> well I bought my brother tickets to see them for Christmas. <laughs> I've been recently to see him in Sheffield. Um and they were they were really good, really tight on stage. Um and uh, it was basically just a bunch of people my age. <laughs> and I am reminded of the fact that like people like my father's age or like you know when when I was a kid and, and my parents would talk about going to see 80s tribute bands and things like that. And, and now I'm doing it and the cycle continues <laughs> so here I am being a, a 35 year old man going to tribute acts for things from the early 2000s and it just made me feel completely ancient but it was great fun it's just um, <laughs> they play Wish by Alien Ant Farm and it's great yeah and they do they do a really good cover of all my friends Are metal heads as well which is the um what's it less than jake track so yeah they they're a good they're good live you, if you get the chance to check them out check them out they're great so on to our first book today um now i was fine with the pronunciation of this until leon maybe second guess it is <laughs> Art brute right <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, But this is a book called Art Brute. Um, And this is a gorgeously surreal trip. It's a detective adventure story. Um, It's kind of like a detective procedural, police procedural thing. Um, And it meditates on the power of art and the power of our perception and our ability to affect change in the world through art. Um, And it's almost playing with a similar concept or similar concepts to the Department of Truth. Um, If you remember when we talked about the Department of Truth on previous episodes, constructs of belief, constructs of will, and how we can affect the very fabric of society and the world around us um, through art, like explored in a very literal and surrealist sense. Um, Like getting lost in the art and becoming a part of the art as we sort of like view or create it. And it comes from, so this book comes from the same team that brought you ice cream, man. So um, it's the kind of quality you can expect from those guys. It's, it's, it's incredible. And um, the first two issues of Art Brute are out now, but the whole thing is actually out under a previous name. Um, So this was, this has already been published um, like a few years ago back in 2017, under the name The Electric Sublime, uh, via IDW. And um, you, can, you can kind of read the whole thing there, but this is a better version of it, now being published and re, re, republished by Image Comics. So, um, yeah, this one's better. This one has backups that are kind of like a Silver Age-style story as well, that kind of explores the titular character, Arthur. Um, and his abilities, and, and how how he does what he does, and who he is, in a bit more detail. So yeah, I mean, this is uh, W. Maxwell Prince, uh, pencils and inks is Martin Morazzo. colours by Matt Lopez, backup colours in this by Chris O'Halloran, uh, letters by Good Old Neon, um, and yeah, you you know what you're expecting with this. They've even done a send up of the uh, the classic ice cream, you know, Ice Cream Man Volume uh, Ice Cream Man Volume One, or the first cover of Ice Cream Man where it is the, the, the ice cream man holding the ice cream up and all the children's faces. Um, they've done a version of that for this, where it is art holding up a paintbrush and uh, faces in the background, kind of like the ice cream man holding up the the, uh, the ice cream cone there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's great. I love it. Um, and it's published by Image Comics. Um, so, I mean... It really is. Like I I I almost want to say that this is in the same universe as Ice Cream Man. (laughs) Because it totally feels that way. Like when because it's Morazzo's work again and it's it's like Maxwell Prince writing it, it it just feels like it fits like a jigsaw piece into that universe. I would love them to tie them together in some way. I I think that would be incredible. (laughs) Um because uh, there was another, another Maxwell Prince book called Haha ha that they tied into the Ice Cream Man universe as well. So, yeah, I mean, this was originally published as The Electric Sublime, um, and the title, The Electric Sublime, uh, referred to the wor- worlds within the art that the titular character, Art Brute, can enter into. So the idea is that he's a detective, and he works for an organization um, that maintains the integrity of art around the world, um, because art appears in this to be like a fluid uh, a fluid thing that can be influenced by will or belief and um it's more like a like a flowing force than an actual like when you create a solid piece of art that piece of art can be altered i mean art can be altered anyway but in this it can be altered in a way that alters the integrity of the art and thus threatens the world because by exerting your will on the art and altering the art you are then using the art to carry your will and exert that will on others it's it's um very very similar to what what we said very similar to the the way that the they work with the department of truth like tulpas and all that kind of thing like beings of will and spirit yeah um and um yeah i mean this is the first major work by the ice cream man creative team so this predates ice cream man um the original intended title for the project was actually Art Brut, which literally means raw art, which is like, it's an artistic term, Art Brut. Um, I think it's Art Brut. You you said Art Brut, and that's got me double double thinking now.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't say that as a thing. I said that as a confirmation. <laughs> I didn't say, actually, dude, it's Art Brut because there's no umlaut yeah. or anything. I just, I just did a double check. You put the centipede <laughs> in my brain. So I'm, I'm not i'm not team up bro well
0: you've put the centipede in one. my brain it's too late um <laughs> so yeah that was the original intended project it's a four issue mini series so it's only going to be four issues long the first two are out now but like i said you can read the whole thing if you pick up the electric Sublime. the only thing you'll be missing out on is the wonderful silver age backups which i fully recommend because <laughs> they're great um and it's yeah it's got these silver age style backups that give context and a bit more depth to the world and the mechanics and um the organisation and the characters it play and the struggles of Art Brute himself. Um So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read you the blurb from the image website. So, um, the um presenting here the first major work from the creative minds behind Ice Cream Man, re-lettered, remastered and under its original intended name. The world of fine art is falling apart and only Art Brute knows how to fix it. Alongside the Bureau of Artistic Integrity, Arthur Brute, or Arthur Brute, Uh, The Mad Dream Painter and his trusty sidekick, Manny the Mannequin, must dive back into the very paintings that made him insane. Or reality uh, reality itself might just crumble to pieces. A colourful gonzo romp through art and art history, Art Brute is equal parts police procedural, hyper-fantasy and psychological thriller. A veritable Pollock splatter of comic genres tossed into one giant pulpy canvas each issue features new covers new design and a new silver age style backup story featuring the art hero that no one's ever heard of until now originally published under the title the electric supply and the special edition presents the npr lauded critically acclaimed material in its intended form so this is how how it was intended this is like the director's cut um and yeah it's it's beautiful like i love the way that they play with different artistic styles and different um artistic themes and motifs throughout this and the way that they play with um, various famous works of art and little nods they do to various famous artists and things like that. I just think the whole thing's incredible. Um, And and some of the, like the crimes that take place in it, like there are, there are, obviously there are crimes that take place, which is why Art Brute is involved. Um, The bad guy kind of looks like Andy Warhol, (laughs) which I think is hilarious. Um, and there's like things like, um, two, two homeless guys fighting over a can of soup. And then like, you see the can of soup and it's the famous Campbell soup and things like that. It's just the whole thing's just, just one bit after another. And I love it. I love the whole thing. Um, what did you reckon to this anyway, Liam? Yeah, I quite, I quite enjoyed this. I, uh, read yeah. the first two
1: issues and i thought it was a really provocative uh inviting start and like um a window in into into this world and and like you said the uh this idea like the top is like people bringing sort of the mystical and supernatural to life through like belief and that sort of like will creating stuff it does um it gives me like shades of like American gods the the uh, the idea that like just just share belief like creates gods and uh like how, just through share will and force we can like create these forces and, and and oftentimes they they turn they're used for for bad and here, Uh, If it was just one element of that, where it's like uh, how we perceive the art and how it's perceived and how it's uh, engaged with uh, on a a metaphysical level, could change it. That'd be one thing. But the fact that we also get to uh, like dive into the world uh, between the the paintings—a sort of uh, uh, upside down or like other space out of time. It, it, it gave me, uh, like, shades of uh, the anime Paprika by Satoshi Kon. Like, I really love that concept and the look of that and what the world looks like behind the painting. It, it isn't just, like, you know, like, a dreamscape in the style of that picture. Instead, it's something completely new, and it's uh, something, like, out of reality, and, and the colours and what appears in those worlds are, like, completely, like, they're like there's, there's something else. There's something else on the, on another side of whatever you you want to call it, Eldritch or whatever. That it's super like unreality, yeah. and I really like that concept. It's the
0: electric and, sublime. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and like
1: it isn't just it not just like oh, let's be weird and use uh, cool colors for cool colors' sake. Instead, it it really does feel like. Uh, a dreamscape and a a really Mm. alive one where you you could imagine like there are whole, whole worlds in there. And I, and, and I think like, like I was saying, I I think one of my favorite parts of that is that it would be very easy just to be like, okay, behind this is Mona Lisa world and everything's in that art style and it'd be a fun exercise and stuff. But I like that this creates something different in between each of the images that they go behind. Uh, I think that concept is, um, Really cool, and I think thematically it, it works as well in in the ways that um, we can like uh, connect like yeah. multiple pieces of art together, whether it be through theme, style, art, politics, or or whatever like shape, anything like that. I like how you can have that sort of. Comparison, that, that connection, that link and sort of the blurring of the lines in between them. Yeah,
0: it's like, um, but it's not just like the, the influence on the individual. It's like societal influence of art as well and what it does. And yeah. like the fact that art can be twisted and used and, you know, like the idea that art is neutral and it can be twisted and used both ways and things like that is quite, quite interesting. Um, and it's, um, yeah, the, the actual electric sublime itself the world inside the paintings is quite quite an interesting concept and it kind of reminds me of um dreams kingdom in uh um uh the sandman comics yeah yes and it's um yeah it's 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 an intense book and it's definitely worth your time like i yeah
1: but that's the thing, like, like those things aside, it's like what you said as well. Like the, the per, yeah. p- police procedural yeah. side of it is really cool as well, um, and how the sort of uh, like acts yeah, of terrorism, yeah. basically, uh, how they are like so connected to to the the idea and the theme of the of the art that's uh, or the artist that, that is being studied or is adjacent to it. It's uh, it's really smart how, how it's tying that together and it isn't just like oh here's a weird yeah. Andy Warhol thing or whatever but it, yeah. it really does um like it's doing a lot more than just uh you know sort of mad libs or like hey look here's another no, reference it's, it's actually yeah taking into account a lot of the It opens the in the
0: Louvre the with the Mona Lisa winking like and that's it that's a famous thing isn't it with the yeah, Mona Lisa yeah. winking like I'm sure I've seen that gag somewhere before this
1: Uh, yeah, I think there's a particular example that you're thinking of that sort of rings a bell for me as well. Yeah, but it's on the tip of my like brain. But I
0: feel I feel like that's like an actual reference to like a famous gag about the Mona Lisa anyway that currently escapes me. Um, but yeah, that's that's in there in my brain somewhere somehow.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing here is like, so this is set in our reality, yeah. right? So uh where those guys are fighting over you know the the, the, the uh the you know the yeah, is it yeah. Campbell soup in the in the artwork? But yeah. They're fighting over that. Uh the dude says Piccadilly Square. Now hold <laughs> up. It's Piccadilly <laughs> Circus.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll let you die on that hill. I'm not from London, I don't care. <laughs> 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 So, so I I
1: was to give benefit of the doubt, and was like, okay, is there like another metatextual layer going on, or are they just like we don't care, circular square or not, it's just a pickily square.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I'll let you die on that hill. I I'm not from London. I'm I'm from north of Watford, so we have a particular a particular grudge against the city that sucks the life out of the rest of the country, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, you mean powers wow. the country <laughs> yeah no um so yeah um yeah that's uh the electric sublime and it is it is beautiful i'd love to see um it's what well, called art brute actually not the electric i'd love to see what i want what i meant to say is i want to see I, i'd love to because i've not read the previously published version i'd love to see like how it matches up like lettering wise mm. and and like the differences in kind of like the the way the art is presented and everything else, um, yeah,
1: because it, it's cool to because uh, I, I yeah. wasn't aware of that when reading. Like, it, I think it's cool to sort of you know have a, like a remastered version of a a work yeah. uh, you've had before, and I wonder what the um uh, the changes and what the major yeah. sort of impetus. Well, it's was relettered, and this is the... like
0: the good old neon lettering that you'll recognise from Ice Cream Man. Um, And it's a great lettering style And I love it because it's So kind of like I think it gives an extra kind of like um, I don't know whether it's because I just Just because I associate it with Ice Cream Man And the content that Ice Cream Man presents But this 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 style of lettering now I I associate with Kind of like giving this extra little bit of Like itchy creepy crawly to everything Like it, it kind of like, it gives an extra kind of tilt to the proceedings and a little bit more kind of, makes it a little bit more off kilter. Um, and a little bit, more, it gives a little bit more surreality to it because I'm used to seeing it in that context. I, I don't know. But yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Whether you associate that style of lettering with that and whether, whether maybe changing the lettering would change it. I don't know like
1: yeah I, I don't know i'd have to see the original lettering but i, I definitely agree on um uh, uh like i can't see how the previous yeah. lettering would be better than this cuz yeah. i really i really think yeah. the lettering here is, is um super effective and um it, it really works to sort of not just push the story forward but also to, um you know, add a bit of unspoken context yeah. to uh, to to certain certain words. I and certain sentences. love the
0: Silver Age uh, stories as well. Because
1: yeah, like sometimes when it comes to, like back matter like that, sometimes I'm like, I've read a whole <laughs> ass like comic and I want the rest of the um rest of that story. And then if I see another comic at the end, yeah, uh, like this is going back to even like when I was younger and you'd, this was a common thing. And I, sometimes I'm like bit exhausted because i want more but then i'm like okay let me dive in and uh, i really liked uh like how this is presented because it it could be like so um uh, you know like like simplistic for lack of a better word you know what i mean like a bit uh like retrograde in some way like considering what what you're you're reading featuring the same characters before but it actually is a a good way of using these characters to sort of recon, mm. recontextualizing them, uh, by changing the form and the, uh, the style and, um, letting you dig in a bit more. And so you kind of get your cake yeah. and eating yeah. too, you know, like, uh, cause you get to have this, like, like dreamscape, what's real, what's not, uh, the, uh, the uncontrollable, uh, fudging of like, uh, our relationship with the world and art and everything like that and then you get to have like the adventures where they're like uh solving crimes and stuff mm. <laughs> it is pretty cool yeah
0: no i i love it i love do, diving deeper into um his kind of like his power i like the silver age presentation as well because i i get the feeling that they're doing something with it where it's going to slowly unravel because you kind of see it getting a bit frayed at the end of the backup in issue two don't you? yeah and um yeah. because I want to see basically because the the book opens Ms. with Bleed. Arthur Brute in like a um uh like a, a um a mental mental facility, doesn't he, isn't he? he?'s like on a like a um yeah. in in like a, an asylum of some description um and um yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of mental health facility um, and then like we're going to see how he ends up there, basically, I think that's the idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we get these like epilogues yeah, yeah. at the end of
0: each issue. Um, <clears throat> um, so yeah, I mean that is art brute, and um, yeah, it's it's incredible. Pick it up. You can it, buy it digitally. Uh, it's out on the stands now, physically as well. Um, or wait for the collected edition. Uh, but I, you know, I think this is something that's going to be better when you get the whole thing as well. Like. I'll be buying the collected edition of this. Um, I'll be reading it one by one now, but then I'll be buying the collected edition and Marathon in it. Yeah, yeah. You it's
1: said true. it's only four issues, right? Yeah. And that's tight. It, that, this is a weird thing, because like, I don't know, long-time listeners, so I think, like, uh, like I, I like my, uh, like, sort of mini-series-esque, uh, you know, give me, like, your... Your six issues and stuff over, you know, like fifty-two issues or something like that. But then, like some of these, where it's like one of four, I'm like, what? what? How are we gonna like? How have a whole story in four? So I always find that like yeah. really interesting, and I, and I kind of like being left wanting, yeah. wanting more.
0: You, you, you are you. Am more on the side of no? But I'm the type I will sit and read fifty issues of something. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a young man anymore, right?
0: I'm not. It's how I relax. Um, <laughs> what's next on the list? Uh, right. So we're moving on now into um, Breath of Shadows, which was another one that I picked, which is an IDW book, and this is a um, this is another another Rich Dweck banger. It's what I'm going to call it. So uh, we have this, um, the team of uh, Duet, Cormac and Birch, who are the team behind Road of Bones, Sea of Sorrows, and now Breath of Shadows. Um, this is like the next one in his kind of like series of um, his, uh, historical horror. Um and this is kind of like more modern history. This is in, set in the 60s, the late 60s. So it's the latest horror series from the creative team that is behind Sea of Sorrows, *Bread of Bones, those wonderful books that we've talked about on previous episodes. Um, and it, it goes just as hard as the others. It's historical horror, this time back to the late 60s. Um, 68, to be exact. Um, the blurb for this one... I'll just read that out for you now. So it's the mid-60s and Jimmy Meadows should be on top of the world. His band's most recent album just went gold and they're riding a wave of international fame. But Jimmy is driven by only one thing, where to get his next fix. With his band at the end of the ropes and his life falling apart, Jimmy thinks he may be finished until a friend tells him about a controversial method deep in the jungles of South America that can help him kick his addiction for good. But... Is clean living actually in Jimmy's future? Or will he instead unleash horrors beyond his wildest nightmares? A new expedition into the heart of horror from Rich Dweck, Alex Cormack, and the team behind Road of Bones and Sea of Sorrows. So yes, this is horror, like, this book kind of like, um, the beginning of the book is kind of like horror manifesting as symptoms of addiction. And, like, addiction to heroin specifically. And um, heroin keeps the horrors at bay and the horror manifests itself as our kind of like main character's withdrawals and dependence on the drug. Um and we get like these horrible bugs and centipedes just kind of like taking over, creeping through skin, mm. creeping under skin. Um you just get the feeling that everything's uncomfortable until he's put that needle in his arm. Um and it's a great way to actually illustrate it, I guess. Um And he's using self-medication to try and escape something. There's, like, this darkness and this idea of darkness in him. And um, he's self-medicating to try and escape that. Um, And then we've got the idea of a cure in the shape of a psychedelic substance that can rewire your brain um, sort of thing. Um, And that's, like, dipping into the idea, I guess, of using, like, small controlled doses of, like... Um, psilocybin mushrooms Or LSD or whatever To kind of You know like microdosing To try and like Rewire yeah. your brain Or Or like he, Kind of like Help you Help your mental health I, I use re, I use the word rewiring I don't think it's necessarily rewiring But it kind of like It resolves an issue um, And it's it, it can Like alter your Thinking Like To Um to kind of like overcome um or help you overcome a mental health issue like i've i've watched documentaries about this stuff before like i've seen like um documentaries where people are using psychedelics for therapy and things like that and it kind of like it it plays in that kind of um that kind of territory for me um and i i i don't necessarily think it's a bad idea i think that um I think that you could use things like that for good, and I think in controlled um, sub hallucinogenic doses, which is what microdosing is. I think, yeah.
1: And more and more of that stuff is becoming uh, legal, definitely in, uh,
0: yeah. in some states in in the US. Yeah. At the very um best. There's a lot of lot of places in the US where you can actually get. Um, you, you can get you can get um, mushrooms, and you can. You, you can use them to microdose and things like that. And it would, it, it is ben- A lot of people find it beneficial. Um, but yeah, like the idea of using psycho psychedelic substances to like deprogram or reprogram as well, which is something that was going on at the time. This comic is set, which comes into, which goes into all that MK ultra shit. Right? <laughs> so it's that, it's that thing again of like, there's a dark side to everything. um, but yeah, like there's the ideas, the idea in this as well that, that came that comes up for me when I read it is the idea of like using psychedelics to reprogram people or make people suggestible, i.e. MK Ultra, which was the big U.S. government program. I mean, you can find out more about that. There's a lot of great places to find out more about that. There's some great podcasts you can listen to and things like that. But it's it's a it's a strange one. Um, and uh it, it basically it basically involves government departments and a lot of lsd and a lot of lsd ending up in people's systems um without their knowledge sometimes things like that yeah yeah
1: because like the core uh, incentive of it was trying to uh yeah. mind yeah. control basically it was cia mind control that was the, yeah. the impetus of but the
0: project. what happened is it's just basically just people getting other people getting high and then getting other people high without them wanting to get high and it just gets yeah, really yeah.
1: including other Yeah, other and it just gets weird and ugly.
0: But um yeah, it's um it's a great setup for a first issue and there's some really interesting and cool ideas explored in it and I, I love the concepts here and I love some of the imagery and like these incredible millipedes <laughs> that you get throughout this book. Like um like if you're not a bug person then this book ain't for you. Uh, but like, yeah, they are horrific. just like these they these are. really incredible millipedes, and I love the cover as well. Like the um the 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 cover for the book. Like, have there's this, have you seen the series of covers of it as well? Like, like issues one, two, three, and four. Like these these kind of like vivid kind of like colors and beautiful kind of like acid image covers that are just fantastic. Yeah, yeah 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 like
1: super 60s like late 60s you know vietnam's raging yeah people are dropping acid the government's up to dodgy <laughs> stuff you know it, it just i can almost hear the uh you know the uh the, yeah. the rock from that era yeah. playing over like a, a tinny someone radio.
0: someone uh put together a playlist for this please <laughs> but yeah no it's that it, it's it's um it's an incredible book and i cannot wait for the rest of it because again it's like i i love this creative team and uh, i love what they did on sea of sorrows i love what they did on road of bones i thought road of bones was incredible um and i really thought sea of sorrows knocked it out of the park as well like the whole thing with the um like the, the retrieval of the nazi gold from the uh, and, and, oh my god it's it's such a brilliant story um and it's worth reading the other two as well. Obviously they don't, they don't link up. I think they're just kind of like in title and creative team alone. Um, they, they kind of become like a set, a trilogy, but it's worth reading the other two as well because they are absolutely fantastic. And you, you get an idea for like ha- what this team does and, and their kind of pattern for weaving the chaos they weave. Um. And um, I'm looking forward for, uh, to the rest of this completely because this is my jam. Uh, and the covers, the covers are incredible. <laughs> like I said, they're incredible. I want them as posters. They're great. I'd love to have like a big, a big clean version without the title on, just poster size of each one across my it. wall.
1: Yeah, yeah they, look, they look fantastic. The
0: and there's some really yeah. good variant covers as well. But the, the standard covers, the ones I'm talking about, are the ones that look like, like trippy as hell. They're great.
1: Um... Uh, yeah, like, I just like that's what you're saying here. Like, there's really evocative yeah. images in in this issue. Uh, I really like like even early on, just the the image of like uh, you know like a needle syringe in like you know a thing of uh, whiskey with some pills beside it, and on each side of that l- little micro panel, there's just these gross fleshy millipede centipede things just like a, yeah. a demonic uh abscess you know just taking him over it's it's uh <laughs> it is awful but like like it, it does kind of have that you know itchy underneath the skin feel like i've never uh like been obviously gone through like yeah. a drawer or, or um or, or dealt with like a deep addiction like this but uh it it is really effective in giving the idea of like of what that would feel like, or yeah, at least like yeah, a proxy idea sure. of it. And it, like, there's just times where, like, where, where uh, like, you know, you have the under the skin stuff, but then it's the stuff where it's like, where it's other people being sort yeah. of consumed by them, in, uh, like an image, like that stuff is just horrifying. It's like, uh, like a nightmare of mine is like, if you had to like, your head was itching or whatever, and you've just scratched your head and then, uh, as you pull your hand away Just like I don't know And no, it's like, spiders Or yeah. something like that <laughs>
0: Like it... I was gonna say It's like the You know um, Is it the mummy With the scarabs The flesh-eating scarabs uh, Yeah Where they, they grow yeah, Under your skin yeah, and You yeah. can just see the lumps Like writhing under the skin They do that in this There's a bit yeah. in, There's a, one of the panels In this where You've got like the, the centipede Coming out of his eye Or something Where he's in the pla- Is it when he's in the plane And he's looking in the mirror In yeah, the plane bathroom but, uh... Before he's about to Shoot up again and he, he's got yeah
1: like that yeah because like uh, like uh that one is just sort of like yeah has that yeah. horrible feeling of like you know something writhing under the skin but there's like other ones where he's like um i can't remember what the the lady's name is but like like uh the face just almost like explodes with like these varying size millipedes just creeping out of every every orifice it's
0: true, i want to see where this is going horror. with this is it is it millipede water the thing they're looking for <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah also like um i get yeah. kind of, like different vibes of like other stuff from this like um the whole like you know yeah. going through the jungle thing and it's like different people from you know sort of different um different people with different sort of you know agendas or whatever like coming and like to join yeah. on this thing and uh, it gives me kind of like um. uh, uh, sorcerer vibes that uh a movie called sorcerer where a bunch of guys who are all like escaping some sort of thing from their previous life are all in a south american country and they're like tasked with a job which is to drive dynamite through the jungle to a building site from like one so it's a multi-day journey and obviously it's like hyper volatile dynamite and they're going through the jungle so it's a very uh uh, it has this very sort of like, not heart of darkness, but it's like super sort of sketchy, like what's in yeah. there and uh, will we survive? And uh, are we, are we going to, like you know, get to the other side with our minds intact? In I'm getting kind of shades of this, like very early on, um, which is like a good sign. It's the Instagram, journalist like, in this that,
0: that wrote the book, um, Bill Tarrant, that wrote El Peru Waka, which is, is centipede water, by the way, not millipede water is the is the journalist is he supposed oh, yeah. to be like a Hunter s Thompson type? I feel like he is
1: I always feel like when you get a character like this, they, there's going to be at least some yeah. some mild inspiration
0: from a Well, anyway, Hunter yeah, Thompson. he goes on the hunt and it, he finds this uh, this centipede water. and I want to know what the centipede water is, and I want to see where this is going because I am envisioning like absolute carnage in mine ruins, and it's great. Um, <clears throat> but like um this like the other thing it plays with as well is like you know like this thing that like a lot of western rock bands did in the 60s um western rock bands appropriating the cultures of other people in service of their careers and music like the Beatles for example going to India you know like yeah yeah (laughs) come back with all the knowledge of India of the like spiritual knowledge that they supposedly gained and whatever and that kind of stuff yeah, it, it just it, it's that whole idea and that whole mood and mindset and these guys capture it so well. So, so well. Um, and this is a, a great representation of that. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it. And uh, yeah, so I feel like this is 100% worth your time. Issue one is available now. Issue two should be out beginning of next month, uh, which will be March. Um and this is uh written by Rich Duick, artist Alex Cormack, and led by Justin Birch. Um and it is one hundred percent worth your time, so please do check that out. Um Where are we now? Um We're under a, are we under a red sun? Getting hammered under a red sun? I think yes. we are, aren't we?
1: We're getting hammered for our 20th yeah. birthday under Supergirl, a red
0: sun. Woman of Tomorrow, which is the latest Tom King joint, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I, f- I think it dropped like last. year. I think year, it was
0: twenty one into twenty two. So it's, maybe, time. actually, maybe maybe it's not the latest latest yeah. Tom King joint, but yeah, yeah, yeah Tom King's always <laughs> it's, it's one of them, and it's great. Um, so yeah, Leon, do you want to do you want to introduce uh, this one if you can?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, um, hot off the heels of the uh, DC EU. Re- uh reformation under the uh the guide of one James Gunn and uh, Peter saffron who are being tasked by Warner Brothers and DC to uh you know rescue the sinking ship and to uh get some of that Marvel box office gold from their deep 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 catalog of uh heroes and rogues uh he announced as part of this, uh, like a uh, like a stream or a video stream, what his quote-unquote phase one of this would be. And uh, there was mentioned, uh, uh, you know, like there's an Amanda Waller show, I Gods believe, and Monsters, and called uh, 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 Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, Gods and Monsters, which is not, I don't think that's a good thing because you have that, you know, yeah. the universal horror, uh you know, the universal horror universe they tried to create, and they only dropped one movie, The Mummy, and then that whole thing sort of imploded. So uh, it's scary because that is a line that uh, Russell Crowe has in that Mummy movie about Welcome to a World yeah. and, Lords and Monsters or something like that. And it's like, Ugh, okay. But um, so yeah, he starts uh, that off. So there's a, there's a few like sort of pre because the true reboot, I think, yeah. is 2025 yeah. of The New Superman, um, which I believe is like, you know, going to be uh, based on. A young Superman, being a, you know, a bit more of an all star Superman, which is a uh, cool They my use books. an image Dover from All Star Superman to
0: Campbell. market it, don't they? Yeah, they use the is it the yeah. quiet is it quietly's artwork? Um, they use?
1: Yeah, 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 I, I believe so. Yeah. That, that first issue, yeah, he's like sort of sat looking back. Um, and but like there's some pre stuff there, so like there's a few like you know TV shows in the running, and there's some animated shows. Uh, but that will be that the true sort of reboot um which I think will probably be uh related to whatever the events of the third act of this flash movie that inexplicably is still coming up this year anyway uh, I think I think there was also a swamp thing was it a show or film a movie mentioned as part of this yeah yeah that's yeah. part of this first phase of stuff so like I'm I hyped. of you when that was mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the thing is, like James Gunn seems to be saying the right stuff. Obviously, James Gunn is uh, uh, like a- an actual like comic nerd fan and stuff like this, but also someone who's had great success in the world of uh, you know writing, either writing, uh, making movies about superheroes, or just actually like uh, dabbling in both the worlds of the big two, uh, having great success with you know Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, uh, the, the Suicide Squad. Uh, and more recently with um, peacemaker the show so uh, he's been given here he's been given the keys of the kingdom and it's like he's saying all the right stuff so i, I don't know so i always still worry about some of this stuff like it's like you know cart before the horse or always we like just make the movies and build it up that way but uh, you know you got investors and you know fans sort of uh, saying like uh, we want our dceu blah blah so yeah whatever we'll see what happens but like, i think the superman movie will be an interesting thing of uh like how they do that and how they move forward from like what we've had of Superman for the last sort of 20 years or so. So, uh, I think it's exciting, exciting stuff. We'll see what happens. But, uh, I, I have that big blurb because one of the projects mentioned as part of this phase one, uh, was an adaptation of the Supergirl woman of tomorrow series, which is, um, written by Tom King, the aforementioned Tom King, art by, done by, uh, Bill Kiss, uh, Evely. Um, and, uh, it for me uh, it, uh, i was aware of this story but i've never uh, i've not not read it until recently but i always felt like uh, immediately i was struck by this because i thought oh that's interesting because as far, as far as i know about that series it isn't like what you'd think of as an origin story for that character and i kind of like that i kind of like not doing origin stories for characters you know them just being around i, I feel like origin stories is a I think that we sort of got trapped into since, you know, the 80s with, um, like, and Batman and stuff. Um, I, I guess Superman as well in the 70s. But I feel like um, we kind of got, like, you know, trapped into that thing where now, like, you always got to do an origin story. And I feel like it's, it's kind of cool to, like, you know, the characters just been there doing their thing. And we get some, like, we can get some, like, you know, flashbacks or some, like, backs of their stuff. But I don't think we always need to see... How the character was made. Yeah. Like, how many yeah. times have we seen those pearls in uh, yeah. the alley? <laughs> like, I think it's just. I think we we all pass that to a degree, and I think like, um, I think it's nice to sort of you know be, being quite yeah. a media rare. I mean, at the for, same like, the time, you know, for well, like, my...
0: If they do like every time they do a Batman film, you you get the the, even if it's only the sound of it, you hear the gunshot and scream yeah. <laughs> like yeah it's contractually applied. And, like even like there's got to be there's, there's usually a flashback somewhere even if it's only like three frames of pearls hitting the floor is it's, it every batman film it's in there like you can't escape it it's there somewhere like
1: like like in the trailer for this flash movie that's upcoming there are two batman in it I th- Do you think we're going to get it twice? <laughs>
0: think, One for each? I think we're going to get it at least once. <laughs> because I feel like The Flash is going to go back in time and watch it happen.
1: <laughs> he's going to, like, uh, be... No, he's Georgia. going to go back in time. Going
0: he's going to appear, like, or he's going to run past the point in time where Joe Chill does it. And as he goes past that point in time, it's going to slow down. And you're just going to see Joe Chill raising the gun, and Thomas Wayne pushing Martha and Bruce behind him, and that's all you'll see.
1: <laughs> well, if, if if it's anything like, because uh, this Flash is still uh, was originated in the Snyderverse, and the Snyderverse had the 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 worst quote-unquote best uh, version of this sequence, where like uh, you know the pearls are. <laughs> The pells are around the yeah. back of the As he gun. pulls the gun as, uh, back, <laughs> as he pulls, the, yeah, as the gun <laughs> it's discharges, so distasteful. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and the the, the, the the uh the gun is yeah. pointed yeah. at the screen, yeah. like at the yeah. audience, as that happens, like it's so distasteful. Yeah. Got to respect.
0: Yeah. Doesn't he do? Is it, is it? Is it? He does the thing with the um, blood like, running uh, down the tombs as well, doesn't he? In the the family mausoleum or whatever. And, yeah. because yeah. yeah. This is the opening thing of like. The what? What is it? He says about something like, "It's yeah. a lie." <laughs> Like, what, well, oh, what's the quote? <laughs> you do. I, I <laughs> you don't remember. know you do. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I do not remember. There's, there's way more other yeah, wild yeah. things that happened in that movie that have, uh, have drowned it out. But, um, yeah, I thought it was cool that we're like doing this story, which is like, for what I knew about it, it'd been described to me as like, you know, sci-fi fantasy, true grit in space. And I thought, like, okay, that sounds cool. Uh, And I was I was always drawn by the cover, which is a Supergirl with a sword, Um, and like with a really like you know cool cool suit, one of the better suits, and like a cool style, Uh, like a evilly style has is like very. I know it's very individualistic like every character has this very every character has this very like sort of signature look to them and I thought like oh this 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 is very intriguing um so like I off the back off the heels of that I thought yeah let me dive in like I I've got no you you don't have to say much to me to me to convince me to read like a book written by Tom King and uh he frequently works with like really good art teams and here's no exception um with, uh, where we have, like, colorist, uh, is it
0: Matthias Lopez? Um, yes. Oh. It is Matthias Lopez, uh, Lopez, yeah. Matthias, Matthias. Good. I, if I hope if so. your I'm, name's I wrong, names, I apologise. Apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah, both of us apologise. We haven't heard your name said no. out loud, and therefore that is, yeah. no
1: i mean uh, is it Kara Zor? yeah now? yeah <laughs> oh, who knows um and the the, the lettering's done yeah, by yeah, uh, clayton yeah. Counts, who i've got no issue with me and clayton go away back. um uh but like the, the main story is so we have a girl on this planet who okay this is another name that i didn't know so how were you how would you say were you saying
0: uh i was calling her Rufi Rufier, in my mind
1: uh, i can see like, i can see roofie i i was thinking more of Rufy, and yeah. i think that's you know because like i come from the school of listening,
0: Ruthier. Ruthier West. No, I
1: was, I was. Uh, but, recently, but I thought it. Well, I was thinking that I, 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 I was going like Ruthie was
0: because seven. I was like putting, oh, you know, Ruth, like yeah. um, old English. They put wise in in places instead of e. Yeah. Like that, I was doing. I was like, yeah. okay, old English. Ru- yeah, Ruthie. You know, and she does talk like what like at sometimes, like doesn't she? Like later on in the book. <laughs>
1: I, I I thought I, I counted. It's more like you. But know, then, but then she's got
0: English, some aints uh, in there and stuff like that. So <laughs>
1: yeah, and she, yeah, she she does have some like uh, little uh, London yeah. idiosyncrasies to her. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, her father was uh, murdered by a coward, a, a gross uh, Cretan named Crem, uh, uh, who uh who dominance right there, over yeah, the yeah. Yellow Hills and. Uh, she finds his body with the uh, the sword that he used to murder her father still in him and not even that deep that she's able as a little girl to pull the sword out and from that point she she vows vengeance um and uh, leaving her home uh, telling her mum that she has uh, no more time for childish things she must go out into the world and uh, Uh, get vengeance for what happened to uh, her father. She uh, mounts her father's, uh, uh, like, uh, powerful steed and ends up in a tavern where her plan is to have the sword, which is a a very fine sword that one can tell just by looking at it and touching it. And, like, the deal is uh, you get vengeance for me, you cha- you be my champion and get vengeance for me. And uh, you can have the sword as a reward. Uh, and unfortunately for her, one of the first uh, people that she encounters is a... Bone, bone and the
0: Carbarian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, uh, like, uh, if he had just been honourable, he'd be having a great time right now. Uh, yeah. But he was a douchebag, and uh, also he was, uh, you know, we find it later double dip in here anyway uh in this tavern uh what the chance is uh our favorite supergirl is uh you know on the low covering up her uh costume and you know just uh, her and crypto just uh, you know from some back she's 21 she's, uh she she's such a good person such a good hero that she observes the the rules of uh, uh, whatever state uh, uh her uh, her her DC city is in, Uh, she observes the... Is she... uh, she, Does she hang out in Metropolis? I thought
0: she was... She has her Um, own city, doesn't she? She's in Metropolis a lot. But, yeah.
1: Whatever the case. Like, whatever the... I guess the state rules there are 21 and she's observing it I feel like Metropolis is probably a 21
0: state. I mean... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it feels that way. But what's funny is that, like... um, what you say about uh, Ruthie is that, like, it sounds like her place—you could be yeah. twelve and get it yeah. there. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like, it is quite standard, uh, quite standard fantasy position, land, isn't it? So... But, yeah, yeah, big fantasy land. You know, you get a big, yeah. big, massive Stein of uh, their finest yeah. brew. Or in this case, but but Leon, give me but the things
0: fall, things on uh, earth, and what falls is foot in fo- is falling in the dream. It took me to the light, a beautiful light. I found it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God oh, damn it! Dude. I'm I'm, I'm, done. I'm done. Read the book. Bro. Read the book. Um, but uh, so like, Supergirl is you know she's just out here. She's away. She's um, this is the equivalent of like you know going to the bar two yeah. towns over because you know you don't really want anyone you know to see you. Um, and lo and behold, she ends up being entangled in this uh, in in yeah. in this exchange because the douchebag guy is stealing, yeah. is stealing the sword. Like, uh, what, a, what a douche. Like, you know, you're a warrior. Like, uh, have some respect. Uh, have some honor. But no. And anyway, he uh, sees uh, what, in his eyes, is a uh, a uh, shorter blonde woman who uh, he probably thinks he can bully. And he gets bodied anyway. And this sort sort of... Uh, he, he gets bodied, but also... This planet is not. It has a, has a different sun, uh, and this is precisely the reason that uh, she is here. Because you can't, you probably can't get drunk on Earth, <laughs> like that. Our our sun makes it so you can't metabolize that that booze. Our sun makes it way. so you literally so metabolize
0: the booze so fast that it doesn't affect you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, but like here, you can get you can get uh, get yourself n- uh, nice and properly wrecked, which she does. And, and wakes up in the care of, of Rufy. but uh, in, in classic hero tradition, um, she uh, ignores the call. She doesn't step up because you know what I, I'm I'm on vacation and I've got to go home and got stuff to do. And you know what, uh, I'm not into that whole you know snidery like just killing people while we're in the cave. You know, so uh, you know, good luck on what you're doing. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but then events happen at the end of the the first issue that uh, make it so that these two are now like intertwined um, and are first dealing with being sort of, you know, maroon stranded, but also dealing with a more urgent issue uh, to do with uh, crypto and uh, amongst other things. And so their journeys uh, collide and uh, they move forward through this sort of sci-fi fantasy uh, uh, you know, space opera odyssey, like moving forward, which includes all types of uh, like from where I got. So I've read the first four issues, and includes uh, all types of uh, weird and wonderful uh, space stuff. And one of my favorite things about this series, where I'm at so far, is it yeah. being set in space uh, instead of being set like on Earth or on a, on a planet with loads of like Earthling type people. Uh, even though it does start that way, and it's really fun and. Uh, it's it such like a really like good tone and um, like bounce to it. Like the uh, th- like it, it, in 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 sort of Tonking style, especially with this book. There's a lot of like there's a lot of speech bubbles and a lot of uh, you know like uh, especially in in the first like issue also. Like there's a lot of you know setup or like you know characters talking and you know waxing lyrical, but that it never really gets in the way of like uh, the art and it's, it's never like. Uh, tell don't show um instead we get like a lot of character and we get like what's a lot of what's said and what a lot of what's not said and what's in between the lines while also dealing with like you know uh, you know a, a sassy kind of like you know i've got stuff to do supergirl and uh it's quite fun like i re- it's the pairing of these two is really nice and uh you you have sort of a an, Sort of a wide eyed sort of naivete with uh, Rufy, where it was like Supergirl, who's only 21, is still a bit, you know, like, oh, I've uh, graduated uh, you know, college and uh, I-, I know how things are going, while also still, like, yeah, yeah. kind of learning stuff <laughs> with, uh, w- without really, like, you know, like, this sort of, like, oh, I didn't really consider this. Uh, and it is quite fun to watch these two bounce off each other. And to one of my favorite things is that, um, like, supergirl's a little depowered here um so like it makes it uh but the state there are stakes which is um quite fun to have and um even from the first issue like uh she she's like wasting, forgetting like oh yeah i can be cut here and i can be like stabbed here and it hurts and um like i do like the way that progression uh, progresses throughout um the uh, first four issues but um yeah, I, I really, I really had. Uh, ha- I'm having a fun time so far. I'm looking forward to reading the back end. I know you've read the yeah. uh, read it all, um, but like, what so I mean,
0: I I love this whole thing start to finish. Um, I love this design for Supergirl. Like the art in this is incredible, um, and like the sort of like the facial expressions and just like the character design and the design of Supergirl in this. Um, I love how Flash Gordon it all is yeah and and that just that that design of supergirl with like the the wide gold belt it's very very flash gordon-y very kind of like um what do we do we just call that science fantasy like what do we what do we call that
1: uh i mean i i guess that's like the overall encapsulation of it but i think like because so many things are influence of influence from that um, like you know, just the serials, you know, your John Carters and stuff like. That. Like I I, I, I presume in in the space of like you know, sci fan, uh, science fantasy book writing and stuff. I I bet there are like a solid term it's like for that, high like, fantasy type of look in and...
0: space kind of thing. Um, I'm actually playing a um, mm-hmm. and D game at the moment um, in a set of rules called Spelljammer, um, which is like well it's a spell it's spell jammer dnd um campaign that we're playing at the moment where it's basically like galleons in space um and it all feels very mm. much like that <laughs> and uh, i was getting like those sort of vibes from it like that kind of like high fantasy like sci, sci- science fiction high fantasy stuff which is just like yeah
1: Yeah, I guess the term I used before does kind of space opera. opera. I mean, that is specific types of stories within that, which I do think it does cover.
0: I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's because, like, on one end of the spectrum, you do have, like, uh, your Star Wars, which is influenced by everything that came before it. And then uh on the other end I guess you do have your your more formative things, like you're saying your, your yeah. Flash Gordons and stuff. And
0: this this is like very much very much Flash Gordon vibes in a lot of it. And um, you know, the idea of Supergirl with like this this outfit that looks very kind of like Flash Gordony with the golden belt and and then um it's a very Flash Gordon y design for golden Supergirl. Card. And she's got the sword as well, which kinda of just adds to it. Um yeah. and the whole thing is just um yeah it's it's a great story and it's like it's like this um this kind of like road trip story like buddy road trip story that's disguised yeah. as as a as a space fantasy story um and you've got these like wonderful buddy road trip moments in it as well like like scoring drugs on the bus and stuff like that and just like these incredible things that come up and like, just like really mundane road trippy stuff and like mundane moments from like road trip movies and things that they end up making hilarious or entertaining in some way.
1: And then mix with stuff like, yeah, know, exactly. Space, it's, the, the
0: whole thing's great. And <laughs> this is, this is what I like about the way Tom King works is that he, he tells these stories Within the superhero comic universe, and he does it in a way that it, it almost feels absurd sometimes. Like the superhero stuff starts to feel absurd in the context, but that's just how it is because that's the world we're in, and it's great. <laughs> like, and that's that's how this feels sometimes. Like these these two. This um like Supergirl and, and this 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 young Ruthie just travelling across the universe. Um, and like this whole journey of revenge and also it's like also it's a coming-of-age tale. Because it's like yeah. a coming of age tale for Ruthie, because she's she sort of like she she learns about the world and the universe as we go. And she she has like some kind of like some some real moments of kind of like things begin to click and yeah
1: and it's the thing at the start of the story yeah it's a rock farm
0: i got stuck on rock farm for ages by the way i was googling what rock farms are it's like because i've heard the term rock. i've heard people talk about rock farms before like but people usually use it as a way of saying like oh you know like literally like nothing like coming from nothing coming from a rock farm um is how i've heard the term used before but like a literal rock farm is something else like burying rocks waiting for them to grow and then digging them up again like that's that's a new level <laughs> but yeah no, I I love it I love the whole rock farm thing like there's there's so much humor in this as well um especially like when you get into later issues it's full of humor and it's full of um it's full of like re- there's some real poignant moments in there as well it is it is a true um like Full spectrum road trip story in that way. Like you get the poignant moments, you get the humorous moments, you get the the the, the, the thrilling action, you get the the you know it, it's it's like a proper um proper lived in tale. Um and uh, yeah, yeah, and the the worlds
1: or worlds that we we see uh, don't feel like they just existed. Yeah, Two yeah.
0: I mean, my favourite issue, um, you are, if you've only read the first four, you haven't come across my favourite issue yet, but um, I think you'll know it when you do. And uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing's incredible. I love it. Um, yeah, and the artwork in it is just absolutely sublime, like um, the way that Bilkis renders these characters and some of these like single page splashes and these beautiful um, facial expressions and things are just great. I mean, there's this, um, there's a four panel sequence that comes up um, where someone fires a gun in Supergirl's face. And the bullet is kind of just like stuck to her eye like a tear. And she kind of just like wipes it off like someone would like wipe brush a tear out of their eye <laughs> and it's it oh, it's gorgeous. Like I absolutely love that. That's that is that is the page right there. Um, have you seen that one yet? Did you get that far yet? Which issue? I think it might be issue four or issue three. Yeah. I think yeah, it's four. Yeah. I think she's she, like four, yeah. wipes the bullet out of her eye, and it's just great. But, I, like,
1: and the I, I thing is, I'm like, I'm heartened that this is like you know mentioned as part of this like first phase of this yeah. DC stuff. Like, I think that it's a really good place to start. Like, this is a I know it, it instills a bit of confidence. So even if that world crumbles, I think a movie of mm. this could be great. But I think that. Um, like i I'd highly recommend uh, I mean you're going to be waiting for years anyway, I recommend everyone dig into these eight issues and um uh you know uh, yeah, go wild like I think it's really fun it's and i'm great. Only, I'm only halfway yeah. through. so it's like uh, i'm I'm really excited to see what um
0: if they do if they manage to adapt like. this to film and they do it well, then I'll be impressed. Because it, it it would it makes such a good film. I can see it. Like if they manage to adapt it well, it will make a good movie. I mean, it's a, it's an absolutely stellar comic, and it, it's the comic you should check the comic out because it's fantastic. But like you say, if they manage to adapt it and adapt it properly and well, it will be really good. Um. So the last one on our list for today, um, Swamp Thing, Green Hell. So yeah, I mean.
1: Oh uh, by the way, you were you were correct. Issue it three, was yeah. issue three. And and uh, this because I've I've actually read oh, five okay. issues. Uh, but yeah mm. it was issue three when that
0: happened. <laughs> you still haven't hit my favourite issue yet, I don't think. But yeah, um so um uh, <laughs> this is uh moving on now to Swamp Thing Green Hell. So yeah, I mean, like the first thing that comes to mind when I read the title for this is that's a Misfits track. The Misfits track called Green Hell. Uh, we're gonna burn in hell, Green Hell. Like every hell we burn of Green Hell, Green Hell. We're gonna burn the mess of in hell, Green Hell. Na, 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 na. Green Hell. Yeah. Um, so the blurb for this one. What you're saying, they wrote, they wrote a book, Yeah, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they've, they, like, oh, that's a good Misfits track. It's also a great name for a post apocalyptic swamp thing book. So, the Earth is all but done. This is the blurb. Uh, the last remnants of humanity cling to a mountaintop island lost in endless floodwater. The parliaments of the green, the red, and the rot all agree it's time to wipe the slate clean and start the cycle of life over again. And to do so, they've united their powers to summon an avatar. One of the most horrific monsters to ever stalk the surface of this forsaken planet. Against a creature like that, there can, only, there can be no fighting back unless you have a soldier who understands the enemy. Someone who has used these tactics, used its tactics before. Someone, who, someone like Alec Holland. Of course it would help if Alec Holland hadn't been dead for decades. So this is Jeff Lemire. And um, it's uh, art by Doug Mank. Um, and, uh, it is, it is one hell of a ride. So if I just get you full credits for that one, um, but I mean, like we're in this post climate, in this book, we're in this post climate apocalypse. Um, it's, uh, it's got kind of like old man Wolverine energy in that way. Like, in you know, like it's kind of like that thing they do where it's like, it's this thing that they tend to do when they because this is this is dc black label so this is published on their their black label um Mm. which their their black label imprint which um is basically what what happened to vertigo when vertigo when it kind of got absorbed into black label so everything that was once everything that would have been vertigo is now black label and this this i feel this would have been a vertigo book um we have this post climate apocalypse and uh, old man Constantine, um, which is kind of got like old man Logan kind of energy or whatever. Um, the whole thing has old man Logan energy in that way, in the fact that we see kind of like these like futuristic post apocalyptic versions of heroes and such. Um, the sea levels have risen, the world is ruined, humanity's last hope is to restore the balance, and the green and the rot and the red recognize this, and um, they are the forces of life on earth. So the green is plants and plant life. The red is animal life and the rot is the essential force of death and rot basically that, that governs. And then all three sit in balance and, and they govern life on earth and they have their avatars. Um, Swamp thing, avatar of the green animal man, avatar of the red. Um, uh, Anton arcane. Uh, Swamp Thing villain, Avatar of the Rock. So, I mean, this is strange, right? Because I don't, I don't want Swamp Thing to win. Like, I'm reading this and I'm like, if the last hope of the Earth is to wipe the slate clean and humanity did this to themselves, then humanity be damned for their hubris, right? Like, <laughs> I feel like the the various parliaments should get their way, (laughs) Um, but like the damage is done. Wipe the slate clean, like you know, restore the balance by taking out the like by by wiping it, wiping out what's left, and letting the Earth kind of right itself. And I feel like if the human race is done, then the human race is done. You know, Um, I mean like that's just me when i'm reading this and there's compelling arguments for both sides but like i'm 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 thinking to myself like what what stakes are in this that make me care about the humans (laughs) like please you know um but like yeah i mean i'm kind of half joking when i say that but you understand what i'm saying like it's it's at the point in this book where it's like why why should i care like what we know that the, the world's only like this because of people so so why why should we care that they want to finish it off and wipe the slate clean and restore the earth back to balance because that's what needs to happen for the earth to ever to be ever be habitable again for anything like so selfish to try and just and it's selfishness that got them into that state in the first place because that's 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 where humanity's driving us right now right i mean i love this book and I love it as a warning, and and the message is muddied though because it, it, at least it appears so because Swamp Thing as an avatar of the Green has always had to walk that line between humanity and, and 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 you know Mother Earth and and to strike the balance as a force of conservation and also like you know but like but always strikes the balance of not one at the expense of the other so like between conservation and humanity. But I feel like we're we're kind of past that now at the point that this book takes place. (laughs) So I can understand why what's happening is happening. So, yeah, your full credits is Jeff Lemire uh, is your writer. Doug Mank is your artist. David Barron is your colorist. And Steve Wands is your letters. Um, And I I feel like um, it's... um, like I, I feel like it's a great it's a great book in, in like artwork wise and everything else and I feel like the sto- I do actually feel like the story in there is is pretty pretty compelling and pretty fantastic. And like I said, there's a pretty compelling argument for Swamp Things for Swamp Thing being brought back and, and doing what he's doing. Like, um I, I can understand the argument of, you know, what right do you have to decide on the fate of humanity? Like let Swamp Things Swamp Things thing is let them make their own let them dig their own graves like what right do we have to meddle in that and and force the slate clean um i guess at some point um but it's also like it's like you're kind of prolonging it a bit (laughs) yeah some people have hope (laughs) yeah i know i know and and there is there is a lot of talk about hope in this and there are there are you know there are compelling arguments made by, by children um, in the book about how, like, well, I didn't ask for this. I was just born. And, like, this, I was born after exactly. all this shit went down. So why do I have to pay for it, you know? But it's, um, like, Constantine bringing Swamp Thing back to walk the line one more time. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's an excellent hook, like, because Swamp Thing and Constantine have a strained relationship at best. <laughs> um and I love the idea of old man John Constantine living on his own um like like some kind of like weird supernatural hermit and then bringing Swamp Thing back and then do it. and then he goes later on in issue two um and kind of rounds up um some other faces uh to help Swamp Thing which I won't spoil for you um but yeah, it's, um, it's excellent artwork. Like Doug Mank knocks it out of the park. Like I love the way that he draws Swamp Thing. I love the way that he renders like the kind of like, the way that, the way that people render Swamp Thing is important because when, you, when you're drawing a creature like that, you have to kind of like get in the composite parts of the Swamp Thing. You have to make him look like a plant. You have to make him look like he is made of myriad plants. And I think they do that really well um and i'm always always looking out for like when i'm looking like for, for what i like about swamp thing art is seeing swamp things component parts represented in the whole and being able to look at swamp thing and know that he is made up of many writhing vines and not just one lump of green and, and things like that and it's actually it's actually really cool um because they managed to get that across and i love it and um i just i just love the way that that faces are rendered and we've got kind of like this um particle like in places like there's like kind of like this um particle like lines going on and stuff and it just it just feels um feels visceral and cool like i just i just love the whole thing um and like you you do get some some really cool appearances of other heroes later on and obviously they're all going to join up to fight the parliaments and um, yeah, it has real old man Logan energy and um, it's like, it's a, a, the story is a little more pressing because it's rooted in such like current modern anxieties about the environment and everything else like, so um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this one. Have you did you manage to check any of this out? Oh, because. No, no.
1: Like, uh, Swamping is what, actually one of my big um, DC yeah. blank spaces. I mean,
0: I'm always happy to have more Swamp Thing. Like, I love Swamp Thing. And.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the the core concept and stuff is really good. And, like, people who love. Like, case in point, you, but like other people that I know and, and read online. People who love Swamp Thing love Swamp Thing. And, I, um, like, sounds like. Um, really good vector to tell like a bunch of different yeah. types of stories yeah. but um yeah it's just you know there's certain heroes that like you just have your dark spaces and especially maybe the time that i would have got into more like something stuff is the time that i was sort of um, stepping yeah. away from uh you know like the big two books in in such a way but um like like many you know like you know your your lists or like know but not not bucket list but you know Stuff where it's like, you know, this is on my eternal yeah. like future list of stuff I'll pull through. Swamp d- diving into the swamp thing. Well, um, yeah, it's definitely on yeah. that list. Uh, I somewhere. mean,
0: maybe I was getting a bit dark earlier on, but <laughs> like, saying, you know, humanity be damned for its hubris and all that. But no, nah, I mean, like, I, I just
1: yeah, you 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 have frequent flights yeah. of fancy to
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. land, but like uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh. There, there is yeah. a tomorrow, and like, like like the kids in the book. I know, say, man, I know. It's, like I know. it's it,
0: just so. um, I just can't help but feel that even even though they are holding on to hope in this book, I I feel that it's um, like the hope the hope that's in this book, the hope that the characters hold. I, I feel like in the end, it's all lost anyway. You know, like and I hope I hope they find a way to fix it but it's just it's just how it feels in my mind right now and knowing what's going on and knowing what what people... The, the fact that, that there are people out there that just really do not care, um, people in power that really do not care and knowing what's going on in my mind right now pushes me to think that way. It's kind of sad, really, but...
1: Yeah, no, and the thing is, I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. understand where you're coming from with a lot of this stuff and I do, you know, I like to wade in the, yeah. the doomer pools from time to time, but uh, the reason why, like, I, who... I'd say uh, I'm an optimistic cynic yeah, in in mm. all things to a degree, but uh, one of the things where like I can't be a full doomer or stuff like that is because like I always think like of the stuff that like come before us and like st- that stuff like especially like with my heritage and like what's happening in the history of like my people and stuff like that is like there's so many situations where they could have just been like. Uh, there's like there's no hope. There's no hope. Uh, we're stuck. We're stuck in this situation. And they didn't. Uh, and there's uh, just there's so many uh, examples of that in history. So while this is an insurmountable challenge that I think is going to cause a lot of harm, and even if we mitigate it to a degree, a lot of people are going to die through um, either direct causes or because of like you know the wars that will be caused by people fighting over stuff like that. I still cannot you know like be fully like you know full jokified and be like it doesn't matter guys let's start but yeah uh, like i i think like i don't think a yeah. magic wand is going to fix anything but I, I do feel like it's worthwhile Yeah. to try on some well, stuff even if it's futile yeah. even if it, even just to like you know do to give like you know a, a window well, we do or you know, a bit of hope to, you know, yeah we do try, try. i mean i'm not
0: us. i'm not going full joker and w- what I'm saying is, though, at the point at the point <laughs> that this yet, book not... is at, and the point that humanity are at in this book, <laughs> it's worse like Mad Max
1: or something
0: like Waterworld meets Mad Max, right? And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, then I'm. I'm you understand what I'm paid. saying? And like, I'm thinking, like, what's, the point? Like, what's we, the point? What's the point? Like we failed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> failed. But I mean, you gotta live. Like, you can't just. Well, no, I, I know, but you know, like, like, if.
1: If, yeah. Even in the bleak darkness, there's something worth fighting for, and like you know, uh, uh, Constantine believes yeah. that. Uh, something seems, sounds like he believes that. If, well, the nature decided she's going
0: to take a swing back. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, no, you're right. There is. You, we've got to hold on to hope. And I guess, I guess, I, I let the. Um, I think on the on the day that I read this and wrote these notes, I I let the the doom scroll get the better of me on Twitter you know what really needs what? to
1: happen you need to be hired to write your own something comic and just fully unleash like <laughs> the doom or something but, okay. oh, it'd <laughs> it would the world be horrible it would be yeah it needs would just it. be swipe Thing up. just
0: like just just wrecking factories and they, they'd growing huge and eating UN. CEOs <laughs> and shit like <laughs> Yeah. The images
1: would be up on the big screen. You, you could you could cause some change.
0: <laughs> what are the um? Is it? Oh, what's the? What do they call the climate summit? They have all these like weird names for.
1: Oh, the COP. Yeah, uh, these weird yeah, names for things
0: that don't yeah. mean anything ultimately. Yeah.
1: You should get uh, Greta uh, Thunberg to uh, write <laughs> the foreword and read some excerpts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no,
0: but yeah, this, this just, I mean, it's a great book anyway, and you should check it out. Like, I'm always up for some more swamp things, so it's a. It's a fantastic, provocative read, especially in today's the way we the way things are today, and the way that I mean, it's something that's always at the front of my mind, anyway. But yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's hard yeah. for it to to not. Uh... But yeah,
0: it's it's a great book, and it's it's definitely worth your time. And that is uh, Swamp Thing, Green Hell. Um, and uh, yeah, you should probably check out that Misfits song as well if, if you're a punk rock fan because it's great. Um, and yeah, that is. Uh, that has been... That is us, isn't it? That's the end of the list. That's been Ace Comicals, episode 145. So uh, here we are again, about to tell you to go to com, which is the hub for everything that we do. Uh, we are still on Twitter, which is a version of Mad Max and Waterworld lumped together of its own, I think, at this point. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter under at Ace Comicals. Um, Leon, where can we find you?
1: You find me on Twitter. Uh, still. Yeah, it's yeah. still still around somehow. Yeah, uh, 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 Leon, I'm on Twitter
0: friend. under at Bato. Um, you can uh, find us on Hive as well under Ace Comicals. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you can. We're, we're also on Instagram under Ace Comicals. Um, you can listen to us pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh If you've read any of the books we've read today and you've got something to say about what we've said, um, get in touch, DM us at us um, under the Ace Comicals account and uh, join the conversation. Um, So that has been Ace Comicals, over and out.